Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And you are listening to On the Record with Tiffany, where we come together to figure out some of the world's problems and see if we can address it in a positive manner that brings people together and doesn't divide. So today we are talking about equity and we're talking of, and we're relating it back to one of my favorite groups, um, the Negro Baseball League and SACAM. <laughs> so SACAM has a pop-up event that's coming up. And we have the wonderful Dr. Van Hoy, professor of history at St. Mary's, who's going to talk to us a little bit about history and uh, unsung heroes. She's a late bloomer in this history game. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Van Hoy. Thank you so much for inviting me and, uh, and greetings to everybody, your, your listeners. We are so excited to be partnering with SACAM for the very first time. Our first project together here this Thursday is a uh, shoot with uh, KSAT uh, television station. Uh, reporter uh, Devin Clark has invited SACAM and St. Mary's to present their findings on the, on the history of the uh, Negro League, especially the San Antonio Black Aces uh, and but the whole history of, um, of black baseball in San Antonio. My students have been working hard for two weeks. They're so excited. They're excited <laughs> that I'm here on your radio show. They're excited that uh, they're going to meet their SACAM partners on Thursday. And uh, so I'm speaking on their behalf. Thank you very much for this opportunity to, uh, to bring this history to people in San Antonio. So, you, hey, we're, we're happy to hear about history because if we don't understand our history and if we don't examine it and dissect it, then we're destined to repeat the same mistakes of the past. So um, I love that you have students working on this. So what, would, would, what was your goal and outcome you were looking for when you decided to bring St. Mary's students in on on SACAM. SACAM has been working hard, very long time, telling a very big story. And it all started last February when we went down to SACAM to, to see their excellent exhibit on uh, Black Cowboys. We went as a history club, and Amber Anderson is a former St. Mary's uh, history major, my student. And we just wanted to see what they were doing, and we were blown away. They are doing beautiful work. They are recovering um, um, black cemeteries, African-American cemeteries. They are doing so much to lead us uh, that we said, well, how can we help? And how can, as I, as I said to Dev, our, um, Director Jarman, the point, our, our, our um, hope, was that the east side and the west side can team up to center the history of African Americans in San Antonio. So east side and west side, it, historically people tell us that those two sides are separate, that black people are on one side, Hispanic people are on the other side. Tell me what you all have found. We have found and this was a surprise to me, I'm, I'm new to this history, that of, the, that of the five public housing projects started, inaugurated in 1940, and here uh, Mrs. Roosevelt herself uh, pushed these projects when they were threatened to stall out. Of the five housing projects, two were designated, these are segregated housing projects in 1940, Two were designated for African-American residents. One, uh, the one that we're focusing on in our project with SACAM, is the, the Lincoln Courts on the west side. 
And we had the good fortune of interviewing Mr. Jarman this past week. My student, my graduate student, Harold Johnson, interviewed Mr. Jarman and his growing up on the West Side as an African-American and the thriving Black-owned pharmacies, Black-owned restaurants, Black-owned grocery stores that were all on the West Side. It's a very important story to tell, Tiffany, because... At this very moment, my colleagues uh, in the Mexican-American community in San Antonio are working on a museum called Museo del West Side, which is focusing on the Mexican-American history of the West Side, which is a wonderful thing. But they are in danger of making invisible the African-American history of the West Side. So fortunately, SACAM agreed to partner with us so that we can tell the whole history of the West Side. Why is it that we have such a disconnect like that? Because it seems like that, you know, I, I, every time I look at this, I'm like, boy, in terms of colonialization, we're still dealing with some of the remnants of that mm-hmm. with, with uh, ethnic groups mm-hmm. feeling like, it's all or nothing. You know, we've yeah. we got to present our, our view and not, the, uh, not, not include everybody that should be included. There's not a reason not to include. If, if yeah. we're doing a museum about, about the history of a particular area, it should include all parts of the, the history area. of that particular yeah. area. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the, fun, the, the tragic thing in my view is that if the folks who set power up in, in, in a particular place, say San Antonio, are invested in everybody on the bottom fighting each other and mm. thinking each other is the Gosh. enemy. Mm. And then if you, can, if you can make them fight each other, then your hands are clean and, and the whole system reproduces itself and you don't even have to. And that is so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. So it, but it's easy to fix. Yeah, it's it just, is. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a Latin Americanist. I'm a you know Mexican American uh, scholar, and and I'm going to focus on African American history, and so are my students. And together, we're just going to redefine the the history of San Antonio as as everybody. You know, I love that, Doctor Van Hoy, because I kind of feel like that's what we're trying to do with this show is is say, hey. Uh, you don't have to be the definition of whatever people think a conservative is or whatever people think a a uh, liberal is. You have to define yourself as an American, and let's define what that means. And that means working together. That means respecting other people's history and uh, including one another in solutions, not yeah. not uh, trying to take the credit for one group when it deserves to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, if we look at civil rights, we see that uh, African-Americans led the charge in many areas of civil rights, right? Mm-hmm. So to try and diminish that is childish. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, we we had others that marched with us. Mm-hmm. We had women. We had uh, Caucasians. We had uh, Hispanic people. So you, we don't just we include all everybody that marched with us. We're always like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is there's this group. So you know, you have to at some point, people who have a voice need to stand up and and use it. So I yeah. thank you for doing that. And just saying, eh, we don't have to. We don't have to define these these things uh, yep. so narrowly. Yeah, pigeonhole is a is a is a tiny claustrophobic space. So let's just <laughs> hop on, you know hop on out and hold hands and get the job done. <laughs> exactly, because it takes more than one person and yep. more than one group. There's nobody, you know. When in my day job, I'm I fight kidney disease. Well, it, we have the same. Same ills, you know, all these different groups that are, are, we have the same 
goal in mind, which is to eradicate this disease. Yet, uh, sometimes it can feel like there actually uh, isn't enough space for everybody to be there. And that's just not true. You have to simply extend the olive branch and say, hey, I'd like you at our event. This is important. Patients are, are sick. Even if you and everybody that works for you came to San Antonio and started doing screening side by side, elbow by elbow, elbow to elbow, we cannot find all of the people in San Antonio who have kidney disease. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you, we've got these monumental problems that require that we work together. Yeah. So thank you for that work. There's a, a good friend of mine who just died uh, even after a kidney transplant and uh, and I'm, I'm still mourning him. So your work is huge. We're all feeling his loss. Thank you thank for that work. Thank you for, for saying that. And I'm sorry for your friend's loss. Uh, it's it is something that we fight daily. I've lost nine family members to kidney disease. I have three who have CKD now. I was just talking to my mother. Since COVID has struck, we, we've we lost four in our family to COVID-19, all related to who had kidney disease, some stage of CKD. Um, it's a devastating disease. And, uh, you know, I, we're, we will fight it. And we're, we're doing so here, coming up with ideas that, that – uh, that are outside of the box, but I tell us a little bit more about what's going on with St. Mary's and SACAM. St. Mary's and SACAM, we're committing a, a full year to a project called Black in the Barrio, which is this uh, historical preservation of African-American experience on the West Side. And this KSAT shoot on Thursday and the pop-up exhibit that um, Director Charman is bringing, uh, which you help sponsor in the, uh, in the airport for Juneteenth, uh, that's part of the programming. And so thanks to that exhibit and to this event on Thursday, my students are going to be able to learn uh, the history that you guys have already produced and add their granito de arena, as we say in Spanish, their little um, grain of rye, uh, of, of um, sand to, to give a gift, to donate their research to uh, St. Cam. I love that. How exciting. Deborah, so what, how do you feel about this? Uh, all of this excitement is happening at St. Cam under your leadership, Director Jarman. <laughs> so... Oh. And, don't, and don't play it down because that's the truth. See, you, you have made so many wonderful connections for SACAM throughout the community. And I'm saying that as somebody that you've connected to, but also because I talk to other people that you've, you've made a connection with. And they're just like, wow, SACAM is doing the most amazing work, preserving uh, African-American culture and history. And, you know, um, Tiffany and Dr. Van Hoy, we are extremely excited about that opportunity. And I have to go back to the visionaries of SACAM, the founders, Everett Fly and George Frederick. It's actually their vision that they've entrusted with myself, the current board of directors and the staff for us to be able to even do this work. You're listening to On the Record with Tiffany, and I am with my favorite director of SACAM, uh, the executive director for SACAM, Miss Deborah Jarman. Hey. Or Mrs. Deborah Jarman. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deborah, you've got a pop up event coming. We do, and we're so excited, Tiffany, to be mm -hmm. partnering with the Texas Kidney Foundation. Yay! The San Antonio Missions baseball team. I love and it was uh, in conjunction with research that was provided by ourselves and the Institute of Texan Cultures, which is a University of Texas San Antonio uh, institution, and also Texas A&M, mm -hmm. their Methods of Historical Research class, a student uh, from the 2020 class provided research. So our pop-up event is Thursday, 
at Pittman Sullivan Park from 11.30 to 1.30. And a piece of history about Pittman Sullivan Park, it was actually built by the Pittsburgh Pirates for their spring training. Wow. And San Antonio and the Pittsburgh Pirates didn't get along. (laughs) So they left and it became the jewel of kind of pickup and Negro League baseball. So that is where the Negro teams played back in the day, right at Pittman Sullivan. So Thursday we'll be there celebrating the 101st anniversary of the pennant winning San Antonio Black Aces. They won the pennant for the Texas Colored League in 1919 and also the 100th anniversary of the National Negro League, which was founded by Rube Foster, who's from Calvert, Texas. Wow. <laughs> no, that was a mouthful. That's a, but that's a lot. There's so much history. It, mm-hmm. there, there's so much history that that the African-American community has contributed to the nation via the city of San Antonio. Absolutely. I mean, it's that's why I love having you on, because it's a great way to educate the public about a history that, that most people have no idea uh, how profound and prolific we've been historically. Yes. And you know, the interesting thing about San Antonio, and this is something that I've learned recently, I'm not from here, um, but I've worked at surrounding myself in my new position with other scholars and historians, uh, not just the wonderful ones that we have at SACAM, Mm -hmm. but other ones from around the city. And I was really perplexed about this education piece. We just completed a month of education focus and our education exhibit will be coming online digitally on the 18th of September. But, you know, you read a lot and there's been a lot in, in, in the news about the schools here being segregated. Mm -hmm. And I used to wonder how did they get that way? And I don't know, 16 school districts in Bear County, something, it's like something crazy that I never, in in all my life, I never heard of anything remotely close to that. Mm-hmm. And it was something that would make me go, hmm. Well, then I found out that after Brown versus Board of Education in 1954, how San Antonio was able to uh, keep the city as segregated as they did, as Dr. Van Hoyt alluded to, is there wasn't anything on demographics that said, if you're Hispanic, check here. Hispanic was considered white. And if you and if you look at today's demographics, it'll say white but Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So, think I've about this. That. In 1940, there were five housing projects that were segregated. Two of them belonged to African American residents. One was on the west side. There were two Mexican American uh, housing projects on the west side. So, that caused segregation there. So, when San Antonio touts that it was one of the first cities to segregate the school system. Well, how they were able to show that is the schools on the West side, there were either white kids or black kids that went there. Forget the fact that they were Hispanic. Forget the fact that in the Edgewood school district during that time, the medium income of a student was $1,700 a year. The median income, which is how you, Pay taxes, right? Mm -hmm. The median income of a student at Alamo Heights ISD was $7,600 a year. Wow. So, what a disparity in. I can say that my schools are are, um, desegregated now on the West Side because I have white, as in Hispanic kids that go there, Mm -hmm. and I have black kids that go there, right? Because the Hispanic kids are being counted as, as white, white. and so that meant that this school, school system was desegregated. 
forgetting the fact that everyone that lived over there had this horrific income and mm-hmm. schools had outhouses. They did not have bathrooms. They did not have running water. The kids would have to go get water. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you look at a city like San Antonio that has a lot of, um, I'm, I'm going to say in some instances, there is this West Coast vibe in some areas. Mm-hmm. But San Antonio is Southern. Don't get it twisted. And we're here to uncover mm-hmm. all of that history. I love the the hidden history. Mm-hmm. That you're like that, like that fact. That's an important piece of the, I don't want to say whitewash, but. You can say it. But that's, you know, <laughs> like, like when we go back and we look at history and look at history books from when I was a kid. That's not in there. No, those stories aren't told. None of that's there. Mm-mm. And people just think, oh, everything's everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Everything was everything was fine there. Mm-hmm. And there you know, we have the same ailments in this community as all of the other communities across Absolutely. the United States. Uh have we done better? I think we've done better in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Um but we still have the same <laughs> issues <laughs> that have existed everywhere. And the our history is important to be told accurately um, and to be preserved accurately instead of without this uh, rose-colored lens that we like to often pull up history with and say, oh, it, it, was, it was good, it was fine. Everything. Right. It's, I call it the fairy tale. So there's mm-hmm. there's the fairy tale, and then there's the real tale. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, back to what Dr. Van Hoy said: a history that is exclusive of any one person is not really it's not a true history. What it mm-hmm. is is his story, and it's his story to make him the hero mm-hmm. or her the hero, mm-hmm. and to make everyone else the villain. Mm-hmm. And and that's not how it is. And and I'm thankful that. Um, this summer, we've seen a glimpse of it, but only a glimpse. Mm-hmm. You know, people were all at home, stuck yeah. because of a pandemic, which is why we saw George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Now people are getting out. They're not quite so much in front of their TV. Mm-hmm. We have a political system that is denying um, the fact that there are challenges, mm-hmm. that there are social injustices. So people are starting to, I think, get desensitized. And I think about, I'm old enough to remember the Vietnam War uh, protests and demonstrations. And my only prayer is that it doesn't get old mm-hmm. um, because we've lived it, we've lived it our lifetime. And so now we want other people to see it and to be able to do something about it. We can't make the change by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We historically are about 10% of the population nationwide. Exactly. So it's going to take at least another 50% or so. That's right. So that means it's going to take people of all hues, people mm-hmm. of all ethnic backgrounds, and people of all political pers- persuasions mm-hmm. to decide this is wrong. It, the, right. Racial um, injustice is something that none of us should sweep under the rug. Mm-hmm. It's something that we should all address because it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Anytime you have in systemic injustice like this, anytime there is a, a group that is being systematically oppressed, or that is is being oppressed by whatever reasons you think or we know are happening. That affects everyone else. Mm-hmm. That affects everyone else. You cannot have one group that is not doing well. And I would say that, that this affects 
poor people. We have 140 million poor people in this country. Mm -hmm. And uh, every poor person should be working towards some level of, of, uh, of relief from mm -hmm. this type of injustice because the poor are affected mm -hmm. more than any other group in this nation. The, those that are Absolutely. not poor are not uh, under the same. It's a different life if you're mm -hmm. poor. Definitely. And, you know, um, I think Martin Luther King said it best, and I, I'm not going to quote it as eloquently as he did, but he said something to the effect of a threat to justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that just really needs to be in our forefront. Mm -hmm. It's it's about equity. Mm -hmm. And again, not beating up the city that I live in, you know, I'm thankful that we're now trying to look at things from a more equitable lens. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany with uh, the Executive Director of SACAM, Deborah Amawali Jarman. Hey. How are you doing, Miss Deborah? I'm doing good. Excited to be here once again. Thank uh -huh. you. Thank you. Thank you for all the work that you do with preserving our history. So this segment, I wanted to, last segment, you talked a little bit about history and us not repeating the mistakes mm -hmm. of our past. This time, I'd like to, for us to talk a little bit about healthcare and healthcare disparities. As what have we seen historically, and how does that tie to today? Well, um, I, this may have been off the air when we were getting set up, but Dr. Van Hoy shared her story about being uh, recovering from breast cancer mm -hmm. and the level of healthcare that she received when you versus what women of color receive. And she said she asked the doctor if she was going to die. Just thought, am I going to die? And they said, no, because you have insurance. Mm -hmm. That is certainly an aha moment. And then when you go to look at the statistics for black females in healthcare, and it doesn't even matter if we have insurance or even the level of insurance, black women are discounted when it comes to us being in pain. Mm -hmm. there, well, there's junk science out there that tells people that we don't experience as much pain as uh, as our Caucasian counterparts and that we have additional muscle mass and all kinds of other nonsensical ideas. But, yeah. Well, and you know what I would contribute that to if someone said that to me? Yeah, that's because you beat my forefathers and foremothers on their backs because we carried this country on our backs. Mm -hmm. So we are stronger than you, but we still feel pain yes. when you took our child away from us. I mean, like really, I go no, there. that is a, the most ridiculous notion. I could go there. That's the most ridiculous notion in the world. I mean, nobody, nobody would say, well, Hulk Hogan doesn't feel pain because he's he's muscle bound and right. you know huge you know one would no one would even utter such a preposterous idea well it is preposterous <laughs> but i tell you what bring that to me and i'll just give it right i'll give it right back i guess that's why i haven't heard that you know, i'm uh, you know when i hear these things that i'm I have to say, there are certain people that, that make me uh, very, very proud of them. And one of them is, is uh, Dr. Francisco Cigaroa. He was honored today. Um, today is the 8th of, of September. This will play on, on the 10th of September. But he was honored. Uh, I guess I better get used to, to this stuff. He was honored earlier in the week today. <laughs> <laughs> for for uh, his work um, in bringing uh, diversity to to uh, fellows, bringing more more uh, doctors of of Hispanic and and uh, uh, black heritage into the medical community. 
And he's done that over his entire mm -hmm. career. It's not like he started doing it last week, you know. I'll do it this year. I'll do it in 2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like he's been it's doing it. Not the flavor that, of the day for yeah, him. Yeah, you know, it's something that he's lived his life by. And, uh, you know, when I see that, I'm very happy. Mm -hmm. uh, because there are moments when when you're reading the junk science and, and especially when, uh, especially as an African-American woman. Uh, I'm the only African-American woman leading a, um, a kidney organization uh, that is as, as big as Texas Kidney Foundation. You know, we have the, the we're in the large, largest state for uh, kidney disease. We have 10% of the, the ESRD population here. Um, it, it can be tough reading this junk science and, and, you know, disparities, especially because I've lost nine family members to this. So when I read that stuff and see things like adjusted EGFR based on, uh, whether or not a person is African-American, I'm like, you know, how much of that affected my family? Mm -hmm. How much of that, you know, it, it's hard not to, to take offense and not to be uh, really upset by it. Uh, so when I see the, the Dr. Sigurds of the world, then that, that lets me know that, that some people are doing some things right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, and when I see you, because historians kind of hold everybody's feet to the fire. And historians, you can. Historians can. Because you, if, if you're not sitting there, you know, denigrating history by not reporting it accurately, when you're, when you're reporting history accurately, that is a very telling thing. And it is, it is an eye-opening mm -hmm. tool. Mm -hmm. So... Absolutely. You know, and when it when it comes to healthcare and you talk about disparities in healthcare, and again I can I can talk from a, a black female perspective, you know, black women have the highest um mortality rate for when they're pregnant. The mm -hmm. highest mm -hmm. percentage of um pregnant mortality is with African American women. So when we when we talk about healthcare and the disparities and the work that you're doing at the Texas Kidney Foundation to make a difference, that is extremely important. I would say the challenge is just getting the word out, knowing right. that hey, there are resources out there. Mm -hmm. We're here to support you. That's we right. understand what you have going on, and our community in some ways is splintered. It's not as necessarily tight as the Hispanic community in San Antonio. So we have a little bit of work to do. And I'm excited about the new program you were telling me about, about the uh, lab work and the nurse visit. Yes, we, we've, uh, over at Texas Kidney Foundation, we have teamed up with uh, clinical pathology laboratories. Mm. And uh, they've just been wonderful because what we were trying to do you know, we looked at it, and uh, I have the I have some wonderful doctors that that uh, work uh, that volunteer with Texas Kidney Foundation. Mm -hmm. Our our board is is all volunteer, and so they they uh, you know we were looking at okay, how are we going to offer something a stopgap for people because we've got a lot of 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 illness coming our way from uh, this pandemic. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 has really revealed how sick people are and, and that disease exploits mm -hmm. uh, the underlying conditions that people have. So we were like, okay, what's gonna happen in the next 12 months, 24 months, 36 months? What do we need something? And so we, um, we came up with, we started looking at what does, what does a person, get when they go to get a checkup every year you know what is the most important thing we use our insurance for and that's for the checkups uh to to see where are we health-wise what's going on with us and then i went and looked at uh, a wonderful physician who who does hundred dollar visits with lab works 
And I thought, can we do something like that, but um, but cut the cost even further? Because, you know, we need it to be so that anybody, the single mom that has no uh, health insurance can go and get uh, herself taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so we came up with, we got together with clinical clinical pathology laboratory and got the cost down to uh, where Texas Kidney Foundation, along with them, we can have a doctor's visit and uh, 36 uh, biomarkers tested uh, in terms of lab work. So we're talking about a general uh, general labs like you would get if you went to your doctor. Also, um, a full renal panel mm -hmm. and your triglycerides uh, check for $50. Wow. 50 bucks. Wow. So, yeah. So what do I need to do? <laughs> I know. Because I was like, we were thinking, what we were thinking was, okay, what about people who have insurance, mm -hmm. but they can't afford that, right. the, what it costs for them to mm -hmm. go and get get some of these labs done. We want to make sure that people can can do this. Uh, so what you need to do is contact Texas Kidney Foundation. You can go to our website, www.txkidney.org, um, or you can call us, 210-896-3440, or you can text us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go to our website at org and we'll, you can take it from there and uh, go in, into our system and, and fill out a few questions and, and get started. Well, that is awesome. I know um, for myself, so I fall into, I guess you could say, kind of the range that Dr. Uh, Van Hoy was talking about. I do have insurance, and mm -hmm. as a retired federal employee, I have good insurance. But I'm one of those persons, when I get the uh, statement mm -hmm. for my insurance company, I open it and read it. Mm -hmm. And I think, those labs cost how much? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and those doctor visits cost how much? That's right. I can't even imagine. The lab work that, that we are giving would cost you, for, depending on where you went, from five hundred to twelve hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it like clinical pathology laboratories is really uh, they have have come through in droves for us. That's to, awesome to make sure that our community is taken care of uh, because that that was really our heart song mm -hmm. about what we were doing and what we we're going to do next because, you know, I, I think in our biggest year, Texas Kidney Foundation did, we screened 4,700 people, which we are the Whoa. largest screener in the state of Texas. So 4,700 people is a lot of people. We outscreen all oh of the gosh. major national organizations, everybody. Um, and, and part of that is because our group is very passionate about it. We all have a connection to chronic kidney disease. And so... But even then, I thought, we estimate that there are 4.9 million people in the state of Texas who have some form of kidney disease and don't know that they have it. It's like one in three people. Um, wow. So I was like, I want to see, I want to give all 4.9 million mm -hmm. the opportunity to figure this out. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And they... They gave us a very good start to that. <laughs> a very good start to it. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Okay. You all heard it. TexasKidney.org. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and you're listening oh. to On the Record with Tiffany. And I just want to say, if you are a family member or a friend, who, whoever you know, that may that has been diagnosed with diabetes, hypertension, or has cardiovascular disease or a history of chronic kidney disease in your family. Come out, uh, let us test you. We have some free testing also that can, it, at, at the minimum, tell you what stage of kidney disease you're at. And then you can go further mm -hmm. to have a full health screening so you can see 
how you're doing. Get a baseline for yourself and we will follow you. We will follow you and track you and help you figure out what your your kidney, if you have diminished kidney capacity, track it. We will help you track it. So um, breaking barriers. Yes. Now, you know I love breaking barriers. I, I think that the... the uh, the kidney community here in, in uh, San Antonio is leading the nation uh, in terms of being barrier breakers. Mm-hmm. And they especially are right now when we're dealing with something that is, is uh, overwhelming like this pandemic and what it's doing to kidney disease. But I want to hear about your barrier breakers. Well, so first of all, I want to thank you so much for even thinking about SACAM and bringing us to the table because this just really took a life of its own. And we're able to focus on breaking barriers, which the, um, at the time they were called Negro, the the black baseball players, the Negro Mm -hmm. baseball players did. Mm -hmm. And just trying to have fun. They didn't Mm -hmm. really realize that they were making history at that time. And it was such a pleasure to be able to celebrate them through our exhibit that we have at the airport. It's still there. I've been there and it was so proud to walk by it. And also the exhibit that we had earlier at the Pittman Sullivan Park. So just um, very easy going, easy to, to research. The information is there, but certainly being able to talk to families and take pictures and get their history what an amazing thing to add to our archives, right? For really being able to capture how do you break barriers and what's the result of that. And you've taken this exhibit to another level, Deborah, because <laughs> Deborah has created how many QR codes? For yeah. This? So, oh, when I told them that there is, yes, on the exhibit brochure, there are, I believe, six different QR codes. And therefore, one, so you can access the digital exhibit easily. I don't know why I cannot say that word. I need to slow down. Digital. So she has has the physical exhibit. She has the pop-up exhibit, which they did earlier today. Mm -hmm. And she has, uh, you tell them because you have something for everybody. So it's the digital exhibit that you can see on your phone. It looks great on your mobile device. Or you can look at it on your computer. We also have lessons that are called Breaking Barriers that will help your students, grades four through eight, um, do creative writing. We'll also help with social studies and character development. And there's a plethora of different lessons you can choose from with uh, things you can print for your student. We also have an activity sheet with a little brief history It's called Do I Belong, and it's for pre-K up through about second grade, and we have a reading list, a summer reading list. Well, okay, summer's over, so not just a summer (laughs) reading list, but a reading list that talks about baseball, Um, and not just the history of baseball, but if you have a student that has any interest in baseball, it's there from Sports Illustrated to the segregation and then the desegregation of baseball. So all of that is available on a QR code. You just hold your phone to it and it'll just open up for you. The QR code, I love it. And I love the the barrier breakers because you know, now, okay, kidney community, listen, (laughs) because barrier breakers is why uh, we got involved Mm -hmm. with this. We actually like, met up with Bill and, and I was saying, I want to do something special for, for uh, the kidney community. I feel like our guys are barrier breakers. And, uh, you know, can we do something special? And he came up with the idea of, of working with Negro Baseball League and then say, Cam, and when you all came in, that's when it took on a life of its own. And Greg, you know, uh, Greg Garrett did a great job mm-hmm of uh, research and, uh, you know, his uh, 
the actual exhibit that we did with uh, them was not called Barrier Breakers. It was uh, Invisible Invisible Diamond. Mm -hmm. um, and Greg had been working on Invisible Diamond for like five years mm -hmm. prior to... Uh, Prior to us picking it up mm -hmm. and running with it, mm -hmm. um, so Invisible Diamond isn't something that just uh, no was slapped together. That's a five-year endeavor Absolutely. that uh, um, that really needed to be told. A mm -hmm. story that was well put together and should be told. And, um, you know, I'm I I love history, but I'm not a historian. So it was wonderful to have great minds and leaders uh, take control of this and, and really create something that we can all be proud of. Well, we're super excited and we want to um, just also give our hats off. You mentioned Bill. So mm -hmm. the, the rest of his name, just for the listeners, <laughs> Bill Geralt, he's the assistant mm -hmm. manager of the San Antonio Mission hey, baseball Bill. team. I'm sorry, I forgot the rest of your name. <laughs> That's okay. I'm always calling you up. Hey, Bill. Exactly. <laughs> and, and he is just that kind of guy. Is, so thanks really to is. them, um, the missions, they provided hot dogs and popcorn and sodas for free. Mm -hmm. Out there today, we had the St. Mm -hmm. Mary's students that are able to interact and make a presentation on their research that they've done. It's really a community. I yes. mean... You know, you have a way of connecting people too, Deborah. You always say, "I'm a connector." You're oh a connector. Gosh. You connect of people, people too, um, because this is like a. I mean, showing what our community is about. Yes. And how tolerant, loving, and accepting our community mm -hmm. is. This event mm -hmm. definitely is is a testament to that. You know, um, one of the things I'm going to go back to how, well, we didn't meet. We met at an NAACP, uh, the Freedom Dinner. But then just a couple months later was Dream Week. Mm -hmm. And one of the wonderful things about Dream Week, and this is kind of a um, juxtaposition with our community, that there are people in San Antonio that want to learn about each other. There are people in San Antonio that want that want to know the entire story. They don't want the whitewashed version anymore. There are people in San Antonio that want to embrace other people, other cultures, learn about other people. And this event is proof of that. Mm -hmm. So we have um, St. Mary's, which is a university that all of their public history projects have been based on the West Side mm -hmm. and with Mexican-American and Hispanic studies. Mm -hmm. They're coming together to be a part of this. Um, when you look again at the Texas Kidney Foundation, you look at the University of Texas San Antonio Institute of Texan Cultures. Um, I mean, and, that's everybody. Yeah. That's us like pulling, and, it's pulling fun, the whole, whole city and all, all the different ethnic groups every corner of our our little city i because it feels like san antonio always feels like like small town it's America, a small but, town it is mm -hmm. boy you only they talk about six degrees seven degrees of separation something like mm -hmm. that in san antonio maybe it's three i <laughs> know right <laughs> it feels like you know it feels like you you're always with your your neighbors and your right. friends you know it's 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 a place where we're having a real dialogue can occur. Absolutely. And that's what makes this event work. Mm -hmm. That is what makes, I think, the MLK March work. Mm -hmm. That's what makes Dream Week work. Mm -hmm. I think our challenge is to keep those conversations going. Right. To keep the history alive. Keep the conversations going. Keep them productive. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we've got to be solution-based. Oh, my gosh. And, and Don't and, bring me a problem if you don't have some sense exactly. of a solution. Exactly. Like, there, it's, you, there is no point in, in hashing out a problem mm -hmm. when your goal is not to get to a solution. Yes. I, I don't want to sit just there and just complain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to I go... For what are what are our next steps? Mm -hmm. Let's put those into place and let's start moving down that road. Absolutely. You know, and it's events like this where 
you know, when we look at the Negro Baseball League, what what were the next steps? Oh yeah, integration into the into mm-hmm. into major, the major league baseball, leagues, absolutely, and that happened. Mm-hmm. And our next steps for all of the things that we are putting into motion now can happen mm-hmm. and will happen mm-hmm. if you get to the table. Yeah, if you bring other people in, it, it can't be. Uh, only black people, only Mexican people. It has to be what this event was today. Everybody mm-hmm. pulling together. People from all walks of life and different ideology talking mm-hmm. and deciding, hey, I can compromise here. I can compromise there. We're going to get to the solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Deborah Jarman. Thank you for coming in and talking with us. You're welcome. You have been on on the record with Tiffany. This won't be your last time because you know I <laughs> I I love uh, history, so I have to have my favorite historian here. <laughs> I know you. I know you're the leader of of historians. <laughs> I I just try to find the history. <laughs> We have people a lot smarter than me that are the scholars. Hey, I say the same thing about about kidney disease. My job is is not to be the smartest person in the room, but to be the person that that can connect all of the people that need to be connected. And that's you, Deborah Jarman. You do that. You do that better than anybody else that I know. And today's event was testament to that. So thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I want you to check out your kidneys. If you need to get a free health screening, all you have to do is go to www.txkidney.org and we can help you out. Have a good evening and I'll talk to you next week. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer.